0: Welcome to our weekly and Episcopal Sermon podcast. We are so glad you found us. This is a live recording of the gospel reading and sermon from last Sunday's service at the Episcopal Church in Almaden. The life of this podcast depends on your listening support. If you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, simply subscribe to this podcast on your channel of choice. Come. Come. Join us along our shared path for today's episode.
1: The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Sir, Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, I thank you that I am not like other people, for they are thieves and rogues and adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me. Now I tell you, this man went down to each justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Lord Christ. I'd like to begin with a prayer because it helps those who are listening, and those who are speaking, that what is said and what is heard may be useful to you and to your kingdom for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Be seated. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to have the campaign end. In fact, my wife and I sent our vote in this last week by mail, trusting that no one is going to tamper with what my conscience has told me. It's been a long summer, hasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I'm so tired of hearing about Proposition 27 and Proposition 26. I personally voted against both of them. It's very important, I think, these midterm elections to get a rough grasp of what is being said that is truthful and what is being said that is nothing but a distortion uh, 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 distortion of the reality in order to make a decision, which is a good one. Increasingly, I think, if you listen carefully, you can tell the difference a little bit between the people who are trying to say something truthful and those who would be labeled as spin doctors, public relations experts who are managing the public perception of events and uh, decisions to be made and putting their own candidate in the very best light of course they all try and do that don't they and it's hard to find where the best light is these days for the work of the serious voter and I try to be one because I read magazines which i think present equally uh, the truthful ma- about what is going on and the uh, the spins that are being produced by other doctors to try and get to the reality of the characters that I'm supposed to vote for and the positions of those candidates which are best. So how to get to the truth in the face of a tendency to obscure and deny the truth, which is becoming increasingly widespread and which I think is a major threat to what we like to think about as our democracy. That is getting to the truth in the face of the tendency to obscure it and to doubt it almost on every level of life, I think that is becoming important. I like to begin thinking about this election and the people that are running and what they are saying about what they think the reality of our times are, and that's increasingly difficult to discern. And uh, uh, in doing that, I, I find that the gospel lesson which I just read is an interesting exercise in getting to the truth of things between the Pharisee, and the tax collector. So we have two individuals here who are purporting in the temple, which for some people is a voting place, and for others it is here, and for some people it's both, uh, to think about these two individuals, these characters that Jesus are describing in his parable about wanting to understand who is justified between the Pharisee and the and the tax collector. Now, the Pharisee, and I hate to tell you this, but I'm among those who are probably classified as a Pharisee group, and I hope I'm not, but you can't ever tell about me or any of those who stand behind pulpits, who display a disposition which uh, enters our language as uh, scrupulous-sounding behavior preoccupied with disassociating what is negative, and what is unpleasant from the self, that is the tax collector over there. The, pub- the paracy is often found in public religious positions. Here I am, And the best place to maintain propriety as a personal spin doctor. And so one of the temptations of being an ordained person is to try and maintain your propriety in the face of what other people may be seeing as reality. A person of status and respectability trusts in himself because he worked very hard to create the terms in which trust is understood uh, and has the resources to keep them. He knows what the rules are. They write the bulletins, don't they? They know what the truth is, while most others could not know the truth from a falsehood. So I've been listening to the spin of the Pharisee as I thought this week about this sermon, listening to what his inner soul is saying and what his outward life might be expressing. Most unlikely, he is probably projecting on the tax collector faults that he finds in himself. As he says, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people. You know, that's the wrong ones. Thieves, rogues, adulterers, even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a 10th of my income. That kind of defies the stewardship campaign, which is upon you now. Referring to the second person who went up to the temple to pray was a tax collector. He is a much lesser of the Jewish population of his time. He supports the Roman oppressor. In fact, he's the one that collects the money that supports the Roman oppressor. So you can believe that he's not a very popular person in his own right. And so he's being uh, looked upon by people uh, who would evaluate him. And he is despised, equated with public centers, keeps a distance by himself. He's over in the, in the corner of the temple by himself, uh, instead of being in front behind a pulpit, like a Pharisee, with no spin to place on his own personal circumstances, as he says, The tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, He wasn't too sure that he belonged there, was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now somewhere deep down beyond the office and the practitioners of public relations, we all have our own souls. That's what is within us that can generally not be discerned easily from without in our own souls. And regardless of evidence to the contrary, quite often people who trust in themselves seek to vindicate their behavior, to establish their positions of identity by appealing to seeing themselves as justified and approved in the eyes of other people. Psychology tells us something about those people who see all the good in themselves and the negative in the other. And just to branch over into the area of psychology for a moment, There is an ego defense mechanism called uh, uh, denial and rejection. I'll tell you about it in case you don't know. Many people who have a side to themselves which they fail to recognize as being in themselves, but they still experience it, believe the experience is coming from out there rather than in here. And so they deny that which is reprehensible about themselves and find it in others like a tax collector. That's called alienation, the reality from yourself, and projection, finding your own reality in other people and therefore being able to despise it there while you maintain the justification for yourself. Alienation and projection, which is exactly what is going on in the gospel reading for this morning between the Pharisee who is alienating his own uh, dark side and is finding that dark side, which he's still experiencing, not from himself, but he's experiencing from the tax collector, who is a likely object of his projection. Thank God I'm not like this tax collector, he says. And he does that to avoid his own dark reality. The Pharisee denied the unacceptable parts of himself, which he fails to recognize as a reality, but he finds the reality as coming from someplace else, like the tax collector, who is an easy mark. One way to avoid ego defense mechanisms, especially uh, those which find fault in others which really lie in hidden places in themselves, is not to be a person who answers questions, but who seeks answers from other, other people. He's seeking reality, not defending it from within himself. Now, one of my favorite people to watch every day is a Roman Catholic Franciscan whose name is Richard Rohr. Anybody know about Richard Rohr? Likely. Oh, you do. Richard Rohr. I read Rohr's blog every morning. Sometimes I understand it. Sometimes I don't. But inevitably, I try to open myself up to what Rohr is trying to say to other people. And I'd like to offer you a series of posts from last week's blog. I read it just in time for the sermon, didn't I? Yeah. And what goes on to say in his blog from last week, life is about discovering the right questions more than having the right answers. So that makes me wonder about myself, who is preaching to you with what I hope are the right answers. Maybe, maybe not. This principle keeps us on the path of ongoing discernment. We keep on learning that way when you seek the answers rather than owning the answers, you tend to find out a lot more than when you think you have them all within yourself. The key concept here is the contrast between words discovering, that's seeking answers, and having, that's believing you have the answers. The Pharisee believed he had the answers. The tax collector more than likely was seeking the answers deep within himself in the temple where such answers are likely to be found in a place like this if you're actually a seeker and not a haver. A discerning and inquiring spirit will make us discoverers in touch with our hidden unconscious and the deeper truth. You want to get past those alienated feelings and learn to begin to discover what the reality is in front of you, not believing that you have it all intact in your own mind. I have the answer spirit makes us into protectors of cliches. Sounds like preachers. Answers are wonderful when they are true and deep within us in the human spiritual path. But answers are not wonderful when they become something we hold as an ego possession. Likely you're defending yourself. Allowing us to be arrogant, falsely self-assured, and close-down individuals. That is to say people who maintain their position and project them onto other people. The depth and mystery of God leaves us all of us as perpetual seekers and searchers, always novices and beginners, something some clergy never learn. There is something inherently valuable in an attitude of spiritual curiosity and persistent knocking. To continue with roar, The ego is formed by construction. The soul is formed by expansion. I'll say that again. The ego is formed by contraction. The soul is formed by expansion. The ego pulls into itself by comparing and competing and separating itself from other people. I'm not like that, says the Pharisee. The soul, however, within the tax collector says exactly the opposite. I am that. It sees within himself, God, the others, flowers, trees, animals, even the enemy, similarly instead of separately. The long journey of transformation, which goes on, leads us to new questions about our own goodness. I wonder about my own goodness quite often. Ask questions about our own goodness and where goodness really lies. To recognize in our own complicity with evil and where evil really lies discovering one's own projections on other people, the alienated sides of ourselves. Spiritual seeking will make us a person to be a perpetual and humble student instead of a contented careerist, a quester rather than a settler, always impatient, yearning, learning, and growing. How would you classify yourself? Are you a seeker? Are you a person that asks questions? I've got a wife that asks perpetual questions all the time of me, which makes me an answerer. And I'm less and less confident about the kind of answers to questions which she tends to ask me, wondering where the answers are really coming from. Are they protecting me? Or are they really answers that I've gotten from my own searching? Well, the element of... The element of crisis is usually the element that brings us to the reality about ourselves. If you ever have a crisis in your life, you may be forced to wonder where it came from. What was the origin of the crisis I'm experiencing? What was there about me that missed something that I should have seen or have given myself wrong direction when I should have been going in the other direction? Yes, it's usually the Holy Spirit that appears most readily when something that may be called a crisis. I suspect the tax collector is having a crisis. He's having a crisis, but deep down, he has gone home justified, which means he is right with God because he's seeking new answers that he cannot claim for himself. Not just feeling better by having the truth, but was right with reality, looking for the truth, around him and within him as he sat within the temple, as hopefully you may be doing as you're sitting in this temple of the church in Albany Valley. And so the tax collector is a person who is going to learn more out of this than the Pharisee, who only gets his own answers and finds his projected reality in the tax collectors. All this while the Pharisee, having talked to no one but himself, is captive to his own spend doctors which will hopefully not be true of our nation on November 8th. I often think about the people that are spouting what they believe is reality to us on television and what we read, and wonder what there is that they're saying to us that is really more true about themselves than it is about what they are referring to. And so my prayer would be, as November 8th comes to us, and we are asked to render an opinion about that which we have been pondering about. Our prayer would be that we would see below the surface and be able to look around us to see what the evidence of the truth might be, that we might learn it and grow from it for Christ's sake. Amen
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode on an Episcopal Sermon podcast. May this episode inspire you to apply lessons from these teachings to your everyday life. If you found inspiration in this episode, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast through the channel of your choice and spread the word. If you would like to see the full service from which today's sermon was drawn, visit our YouTube channel linked in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to donate any amount to our listeners' support on Anchor or visit the donation page on our website, www.churchinalmaden.org slash donations.